Do you know what it takes to move good to great? Are you almost where you need to be but not quite there yet? Find your way to success today. Welcome to the James Stentley Show with Dr. James Stentley. We've got the tips and guidance you need to propel your success to the next level. Now, here's your host, Dr. James Stentley. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the show. I'm just so excited for being back in the country after being gone for 12 days to Spain. We had an incredible time, but welcome to the show where we don't think outside the box because in our world, there is no box. I'm excited. I'm really excited. I'm grinning from ear to ear because there's so much history. I know I don't even know what's going to happen, but I know what's going to happen. And I don't know if you guys, if that even makes sense, but it will by the end of the show. Because I want to dive right into our, our guest speaker today, a gentleman that I actually love to death. I mean, I love this man for life. Um, I met him over about 20, almost 25 years ago. And we met and we connected and no, maybe yeah, it was at least 25. And, uh, and, and I'm just so proud of what he's been able to do. He and his incredible wife and their incredible family. I want to ask questions about a lot of stuff to this gentleman. He is a speaker. He's an international speaker. He is a success coach and guru, a leadership expert. He is a multi-level marketing icon. Uh, this gentleman is a family man, a father, and I believe some of the things I'm going to ask him today about fatherhood go right into character and character building, which is important for leaders. And he is a leader of leaders who teaches teachers to teach teachers to teach. Uh, he's currently getting ready to finish out this book. I know it. And uh, they're doing some incredible things. They're going to be on film and just, just all over the place. And not just him, his entire family. So I want to welcome to the show Mr. Steve Carter. Steve, how you doing, brother? Man, brother, listen, I'm excited to be here. And you know why. Uh, but the listeners will find out why. But I'm just honored to be here, man. It's a pleasure to speak with you. Always great to hear from you. Always great to see you. And most importantly, J.D., it's just great, man, whenever I'm in your presence, man. It's great. Well, you know what? That's why Pastor's so damn happy over there, because you know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want the audience to, if I could just say something, J.D., real quick. Ahead, I want the ahead. audience to know our relationship. I think it's important that they understand this dynamic that's taking place okay. right now. Okay. This is, like you said, man, 20-plus years in the making. Um, I consider you my big brother, like really. And and not just not just my big brother in terms of, we're, we're close friends, which that that's an understatement. But man, you you were really the spark. You were really the you were the one that gave me the idea that you know what I can become my own entrepreneur. I can become my own man. I can become a business owner, and I'll never forget that because I came out to a meeting, and I know you'll probably pose some of these questions, but I just want the audience to know I came out to a meeting twenty plus years ago. Buddy of mine invited me, did not know what I was coming to, did not know Dr. James Dentley. And I sat in a room and I saw this gentleman hit the stage and the charisma that came out of him, the knowledge that came out of him, the personality that exuded from him, everything I saw. And then he, and then he was talking about what we could do. He was empowering everybody in that audience and letting them know that they, everyone had a shot to, to become whatever he or she wanted to become. That was the first time that a light bulb went off in my mind in terms of, wow, 
this is probably what I could do. I mean, because my, my dad's been an entrepreneur uh, all his life. So that was all I knew. So I was I knew business ownership was what I wanted to do. But my dad was doing court reporting and that just wasn't really an interest for me, mm-hmm. even though my respect level for that profession was at an all time high because it provided my entire lifestyle all my life, uh, you know, my childhood. But when I saw you hit that stage, J.D., and you start talking about what you had done to get to where you were at that time and how anybody could do it and you were willing to teach. That was when I became the student, man. And, and I listened to you and I studied you at that time and ended up really taking a lot of those principles and implementing that into my own business. And that's really what I credit for starting my path to success, man. And I, I just wanted the audience to know that because that's as real as it gets. I've, I've spoken in front of thousands of audiences. I've, I've spoken in front of tens of thousands of people. And whenever I tell my backstory, JD, I, always, I, I may not always say the name, but every time I talk about the person that inspired me or the person that motivated me to, motivated me to get in the driver's seat of my own destiny, uh, I was always referring to James Dent. <laughs> well, first of all, thank you for that, but also thank you for stepping into it, man, because the Bible says as iron sharpens iron. Uh, it says that men sharpen men, but I like to say that it's all sharpen each other, you know, because I've learned a lot from your wife, too, man. <laughs> <laughs> me, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's she sharpened me a lot, and she stuck me because she's so sharp. <laughs> yes. Well, she, look, sticks well, out, she sticks me all the time. <laughs> well, first of all, I want to thank you, man, for coming on the show. And thank you for just going through parts of three of the questions I had. So we're going to kind of deep you down. <laughs> well, that's cool. But I want to set the context for the people that are listening because I think it's important because when people look at you, I'm sure you, you can understand this. People look at you now. They see you and where you are and how you live and what you accomplish in the education, but they don't remember, they don't understand sometimes, it doesn't really connect that we started like everybody else. We didn't know anything. And I never forget that both of us had a head full of hair. Mine was really black and, and I wasn't dying it then. I started dying it later. I just died until the doctor told me if I keep dying it, my brain would be black. So I stopped. <laughs> and then my wife lied to me and said, I like your gray hair and the beard. I said, okay, she blocking. <laughs> so anyway, so I remember sitting there, man, but the thing I remember about you, because we were not in the same organization, a lot of people need to understand that, because sometimes people get in their mindset, they only work in their money, right? and they lose so many of the blessings, because when you're good at helping people, you're just good at helping people, and that means if they come with your team, anybody, you're an ambassador of just helping people who are willing to listen and willing to learn, and I'll never forget, man, it was you. It was a uh, Shelly. It was uh, oh, what's the other girl name? Dag on it. Uh, your sister was there. Uh, uh, you know the child I'm talking about. But anyway, it's my four, four or five. Mark, it was five of you guys, mm-hmm. and you guys always came to the meetings. You always sat in the front row, always. And I can see it. If I look to my left right now, I can visualize where everybody was sitting in the front row, always. And it was so tough discipline. And you would get the information because you had no upline to really work with. Right. Right. And you guys would go to your house and y'all would train off site. And y'all, so you got stuck together and you showed up all the time. And I, I don't know if you remember one day I pulled you to the side and said something to you. Yep. 100%. You, you, matter of fact, you didn't pull me aside, J.D. You said it from the stage, which was even bigger for me. 
Mm-hmm. You looked down on that stage. You were, you were in the middle of your presentation and you were talking about opportunity and making decisions and, and deciding that you could be in charge of your destiny. And you walked up to the edge of the stage, right? And, and you were this bigger than life object to us, right? Because we're thinking, man, this is, this is, this is where we want to get to. And you stopped and you said, I'll give an example. This guy right here, Steve Carter, you pointed right down in the front, of, the front row. And you said, every single time I'm on this stage, this gentleman is sitting right here in this seat and he's always got people with him and he is going to be a success story. That was the first time I heard it. You know, I I don't even think, J.D., at that time, I don't even know if I had heard it in my own mind yet because I hadn't start telling myself that because I was still seeking. But when you said that, it gave me validation. And I said, well, shoot. All right, maybe I can win at this thing. And, and, and I was also just impressed that you noticed that I was there to learn. I was there as a sponge. I was a student. And I said, if I'm going to learn how to do something, I want to learn from somebody that's doing exactly what I want to do. And I'll never forget that, man. That was a pivotal day in my life because you validated that I could do it. And you personalized it to me. Mm-hmm. And I believed it. And from that point, my belief had risen. And that's all it takes. And I want the listeners to know that once you know that you've got a shot at winning, sky's the limit. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what, man, it wasn't something that was planned or motive driven. It was like a spiritual thing. It just hit me. I said, this guy, because RVP was a top position. This said, this yeah. guy is going to be an RVP. You know, you yep. just kind of had it. And the cool thing, man, is that you and your whole crew was just so humble. You know, Mark now was been a referee for the NBA for like uh, 20 years, almost 18 years. Yeah. And I still apologize for talking to him and leaving your business. But <laughs> <laughs> He's doing well, man, and we're still tight. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it's, this was a great group. But you guys are just so humble and such students and quiet. And it, wasn't, it was never messy. It was just present, just present. And it's so special to see. And I'm saying this because no matter if you're involved in network marketing or whatever it is that your dreams are, you know, I always say 80% of success, first of all, comes in showing up. But showing up doesn't mean that you're just there. It means you're present. You're just really present. You're listening to the listenings. You're there for what it is you see for your life, not there because you need a lot of people to make you feel better about yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, that was so cool. So I want to back it up, man. Let's talk about some of your influences at home. You know, I had the pleasure of, uh, of knowing your dad and, and knowing your mom and, uh, and your, your sister and your brother. And the influences at home were very special. As you mentioned, your dad was an entrepreneur, had an office right down there on the South Street in the midst of downtown where everybody could be. You know, you had yeah. to be somebody. If you're going to be there, you know, you got it. But you had influences that kind of built you. And as you look back on the breadcrumbs of your life, who were the influences and what are some of the situations you can share with us that, kind of influence you? Yeah, my, my dad was absolutely a huge influence for, for several reasons. Uh, number one, he showed me how to be a husband, showed me how to be a father, and then also showed me how, what an entrepreneur and a self-made man was because he was a court reporter and started his own business back in 1968. That was the year I was born. And he was, so he was uh, birthing two, two boys. He already had my older sister, but he was birthing two boys and birthing a business uh, all in the same year. And I, th- I think even as a child, just subconsciously seeing 
what would be considered a success story within your four walls that you reside, that was that was a big shaping form of my life because I saw an entrepreneur and it was my dad, you know, and I could talk to him about anything, but he always let me know that if you want something badly enough, you can get it. And at the time, JD, back in 1968, that was the year I was born, African-American uh, business owners, like you mentioned, being in downtown Chicago, being in that high rise up on the 39th floor, that wasn't a common thing. Yeah. And so I grew up knowing that, you know, my dad is doing something a little special because I didn't see a lot of us in the halls and coming out of the offices and stuff. But it was always like, well, my dad's got an office here. So I knew that entrepreneurship was something that was in my blood because he led by example. And then, of course, there, there are many other mentors. My mom is also uh, an incredible woman that I'm crazy about. She was just here visiting us for two weeks here in Dallas because she still lives back in Chicago where you and I are born and raised. And uh, But then I've got mentors, J.D., that uh, like yourself and others that even those that I didn't know personally, um, I always said, and I learned this from you as well, is that you can select virtual mentors. And yeah. so even before the Internet was really popular, we always read books and we would we would dive into things that we wanted to learn. And we knew to seek out the information from the people that had accomplished what we wanted. And so we were students. We studied. And so I believe that mentorship is extremely important. And then even mentorship from a personal development standpoint. I mean, Tony Robbins comes to mind as one of the top, the number one personal development mentor. But now with the inception of the Internet, I encourage all of it, all the listeners, whatever you want to do, seek out somebody that is doing what you want to do and they're doing it well. They're doing it at that level that you'd like to aspire to get to and study those individuals and come into your own based on the principles that they teach. Because JD, you always talked about if you do what another person has, more than likely you can get what that person has. You know, if, I mean, if you do what a person does, you can have what that person has. And, and, and so I, I just believe that there have been so many different mentors in my life, but my dad, yourself, my mom, Tony Robbins, and a lot of the individuals that are business success stories, those are the ones that come to mind. First and foremost. It's so amazing, man, because sometimes I feel like sometimes we, we want to be more right than we want to be successful. And I remember Mike Cooper used to say, you can be wrong and rich or right and broke. You know, yep. and, and I think it's the validation thing that we have to be right for some reason. And once I let go of that, and that's what I saw in you early on, but I was yeah. ever having that conversation. Once I let go of that, then I was able to be present and just be humble and then ride through any adversities that come along because I was locked into a goal and locked into knowing that if I wanted my life to be better, I had to be better. Yeah, absolutely, man. You mentioned the word humble. And, and I think that's so, so critically important, man, to have humility. Because if someone knows something that you'd like to know, there, there should never, in my opinion, and I know you feel the same way, there should never be envy. There should never be jealousy. It should be uh, an optimism to say, whoa, this person can share some things with me that can be a blessing to me and yeah. my family. So mm -hmm. I came in always with a wide open mind and humble enough to say, if you've got something that I would like to have, well, then let me learn what you did to do it, because I believe that God has created us equal in terms of being able to use this 
And I just said, okay, well, if you can share that knowledge with me, I'm not afraid of going to work and, and, and putting in that sweat equity to get what I want. And that is critically important to have the humility, choose your mentors wisely and listen to what they are there to teach and have no envy in doing so. Absolutely. It'll block your blessings for sure. It clouds your mind. Uh, you know, we got a lot to talk about, man. We got a lot, lot to talk. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna cut you loose at one point. But uh, when I say cut you loose, I mean let you do your thing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, you are noted now as being one of the, the the best speakers, orators, and leadership trainers, gurus. When you get on the stage, you're just natural and just so fluid. But I remember there was a Saturday morning at the AFC. <laughs> I know where this is going. I'm let you tell that story because. <laughs> it's amazing. And then again, to me, I, I'm, I'm always an open book with, with me in every part of my life because hopefully somebody can uh, can not hear about the, the flaws I had, but hear about uh, or the insecurities or whatever, but know that they can rise no matter where they are. So I'm going to let you tell it. Now, we got about, i tell you what, we're going to take a commercial in about a minute. And we're going to come back. We're going to pick up that Saturday and we're going to take it all the way through we're going to come into London on a day's notice. And all kind of cool stuff is happening. Then what is happening from that? Even when we did, we separated with different paths as far as in business. So we're going to take a real quick break. We're going to come back with the amazing Mr. Steve Carter, uh, my brother, and his wife is my sister. So don't go figure. Don't don't even judge it. Don't don't question it. Don't try to figure out how that works. It's just <laughs> <laughs> and all the kids is my nieces and nephews. You Uncle JD. That's right. And you used to chase my little son around. Uh, through 20,000 people. And now he's taller than me. Yeah, he was like two years old, running, just ran. <laughs> We're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to come right back with Mr. Steve Carter. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Mental illness affects more people than you might think. Now there's a program that showcases support resources, how many people in our society view mental illness, and how the culture surrounding it is changing. Listen for We Are Hope with co-founder and host Sean Perry. Mental health is being seen as a public health crisis, and we want to help, support, and listen. You'll hear the discussions and conversations that need to happen. Tune in every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and entertained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with with us at be the star you are radio.com and the voice america empowerment channel become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. it's easy and best of all it's free start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top 
Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're tuned in to The James Stentley Show. We'd love to hear from you via email with questions and comments. Drop us a line to JD at TheJamesStentleyShow.com Again, that's JD at TheJamesStentleyShow.com Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back. This is James Dilley with The James Dilley Show with my special guest, Steve Carter. This segment that we're going into now is being brought to you by Inspired to Speak. And so don't forget, November 15th, 16th, and 17th, we're going to be at the Hyatt House in Oak Brook. And you can get the information on social media. You can look on the feed and get to the Eventbrite and get there to the Inspired to Speak workshop. Three days, authors, speakers, coaches, corporate America, presenters, network marketers, we're just going to train, train, train. We're not going to sell, sell, sell. We're going to train, train, teach, train, and come out there with a game plan to take action. All right, Steve, we were talking about Saturday morning. Here we are. I'm doing a meeting, doing all these meetings. And in the middle of the meeting, I said, we're going to take a short break, and we're going to have customer acquisition training by Steve Carter. I will turn it over to you. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. And, I, t- you know, J.D., I've told this story many, many times. But for the listeners that have not heard this story, It was the most terrifying day of my life, but it was also one of the most pivotal days in my life. Because as J.D. was saying, or Dr. Dentley, as you all know, as he was saying, he was actually doing a training on a Saturday afternoon, which we did every single week. We would all come together and we would train on that particular company that we were all building. And I'll never forget when you said, look, we're going to take about a five minute break because you used to do all the trainings. You do every topic. And we were good with that. I was loving that, right? Because our whole team would be there. But then when you said we're going to take this five-minute break and we're going to cover customer acquisition, and that's going to be covered by none other than Mr. Steve Carter. Initially, I thought you were totally joking because for those that know Dr. Dentley, he's a jokester and loves to have a good time, have fun. I didn't find that particular day to be humorous because I was like, don't play around because it was 300 and something people in the room. I'm doing this. And I'm like, JD, uh-uh. And then you looked at me and then I immediately knew you weren't joking because you looked at me and said, yeah, you're up. And I'm, I, I immediately started sweating. I immediately got hot. I immediately my mouth got dry. And I was thinking of every reason to run out of that room and just never come back. I, I actually considered that. And I'll never forget, I went straight to you because we were taking a break. So everybody got up. Some people went to the restroom. I made a beeline straight to you, and I was begging you in the most humble little brother way I could, man, don't do this to me today. You know, let, give, give me a heads up next time. I'll do it next week. I promise I'll, be, I'll, I'll take some good notes. I'll study. I'll be ready next week. I'm not ready right now. Don't put me up. And you just let me go, and I'm sure you probably just heard blah, 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 because your decision was made. And I looked at you, and when I stopped to get your answer, praying that you were going to say, okay, we'll do it next week, you said, you got about one minute. You ready? (laughs) (laughs) 
man, I almost passed out. And I just, I just was nervous like I've never been, man, ever. And, you know, people say, J.D., that public speaking is the number one fear, even more so than death. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I believe that that is correct because I would have yeah. preferred to have died that day. But uh, when you weren't budging and you said you got 30 seconds and everybody start coming back in the room, and I just remember kind of being in a daze. And I remember you going up there and I remember you doing an introduction and, you know, because you got everybody back in the seats and ready. And you started doing this intro and my heart rate was beating so fast because I just didn't want to do it. I wasn't, I didn't think I was ready. And you called me up. And uh, to this day, JD, even 20 something years later, I don't remember what I said. I don't remember how good or how bad the training might have been because you looked at me and said, just tell them what you know. What you know is more than what most of the people in that audience know. And I remember doing that, but I'll tell you what did it. Although I don't remember the context, I don't remember what I trained. When I was finished, you came back up, you put your arm around me, and you said, hey, everybody, this was Mr. Steve Carter's first time ever standing in front of a room and training. How did he do? And they stood up and clapped. Yep. And, and it was such an overwhelming feeling of accomplishment because I faced my fears. And although I was really, really close to running out of the room, I faced the fears and I did it anyway. And that was a life-changing moment for me because at that point, I knew that I could do some things that I, I wasn't aware that I could do. And I credit mentorship. I credit great mentorship with that because, J.D., you saw something in me more than I saw something in me at that time. And I'm thankful for that because had you not pushed me, I would have never volunteered to go up in front of a room because that just that was a scary situation. But I did it. And then um, from that point, I got more and more comfortable. And then eventually I got to a point where being asked to speak anywhere was no nervous feelings at all, man. It was just come, come from the heart, speak from the heart yeah. and, and, and teach. And I know, now I realize teaching and serving is, is where the value is. Yeah. So I thank you for that, man. I appreciate you pushing me that day. Although that day I wanted to strangle you, but I appreciate you. <laughs> well, you know what, man, I've learned, I was always kind of tough. I'm always tough on people with great potential because they have the ability to influence people. And, uh, and they have been imp imp the ability to do things that's extra special, which helps me, really. It's not that I need to be up here. It's just that I need people. Everybody wants to have somebody that, that rides with them. And I remember after that was over, I said, he did a great job, guys. Matter of fact, he's going to do the first. He's going to do half of the presentation. <laughs> I forgot that part because yeah. then I said, oh, Lord, here we go again. <laughs> and, and a lot of people didn't know, and I didn't know what had happened at church. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, that had happened. And but at that point, I actually did run and leave. So yeah. that's why I consider that. My my mom wanted me to read a scripture out of the out of a, a program that uh, a family event at church. And I went to the restroom and didn't come back to the program. <laughs> so, I mean, I literally that's why when I say, JD, that I was going to run out of the room, yeah. I, I was familiar with that decision. So I was yeah. considering doing that. The difference was I just didn't want to lose the opportunity to learn what what was going on in Chicago and how everybody was succeeding at this. And so my fear of loss was was higher than my fear of speaking, although they were both extremely high. Yeah. 
And you know what? I, I tell you this. I don't know if if you if I've said this to you. I may have said it once. I don't know if you paid attention to it. But for everybody listening, you know, I would speak at these national conventions, and you had to be in the top ten to speak. If you were in the top ten producer, you're not hitting that stage. Right. And I remember this one time, and I, I always used to be the one that would close the events. And this one Sunday, you were the closer. I mean, you start rocking, y'all. Man, you hit number one over and over and over every month. Number one, number one, number one. Steve Carr, Steve Carr, Steve Carr. Matter of fact, your wife was seeing your picture in the magazine, and she's like, "Hmm, who is that? Yeah. <laughs> who, who's that? That? that?" was before she was my wife, right? Right, 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 right. Before she was your wife, and I remember, um, I remember watching you in front of like 10, 12, 13,000 people, and man, you were rocking it. And I sat back in the back of the room. I couldn't sit close. I had to sit all the way in the back of the auditorium, and I was really one of the few people sitting back there. Man, I honestly sat back there and watched you, and I honestly sat back there and cried. Tears is I remember like it was yesterday, man. It came out of my eyes because I knew where you started, I knew where you came from, and I'm watching you and I'm like, wow, it's really, really real. And I saw it more real than you, I even saw it in myself. Yeah. So yeah, man. So you inspired the hearts of so many people, man, and you continue to do that as you move on. I want to talk about one more story, and then we're gonna go into some other stuff stuff. That we were in, in the UK one time and we were opening up the whole country and and Myself and Ken was over there early, and we were having such a blast. I called you on the phone and said, man, we're having a great time in the U.K. You said, what's going on, J.D.? And I told you what was happening. And you all, you and your whole squad was on the plane the next day. Y'all in the U.K. Yeah. And I always think, who does that? You know, because, you know, you buy a ticket for the next day. That's a high price ticket. Yeah. All of you guys in the U.K. the next day. And, you know, so in your life, have you found that, how, how often have you stepped out and done some extraordinary things you would have never done in the past, but now today you just, let's go. Yeah. Well, i tell you what, man, I, I had a t-shirt on yesterday that said, make money or excuses, choose one. And I, I always looked at life and, and business, for example, in a way to say, if there's an opportunity to learn, go after it. And you've got to take risks. You've got to be willing to invest because I think about the value from a standpoint of, is it costing me more money to buy a flight to get to the UK and come out there and expand our team internationally? Or is it costing me more money not to do that? Wow. And so I always looked at it like that. And I would look at the big picture because I've just been blessed to have always had a thought process of the glass half full instead of half empty. So I'm very optimistic. And so I just knew if I could come out there and plant a seed in the UK, get some stuff growing overseas, what could happen to our team? What could happen to our, our income and our success level? So I never considered, well, how much is the plane fare cost? I looked at it like if I could make it happen, even if I had to scramble and put some things together, I just believe that when you are willing to invest and not make the excuse, because an excuse only satisfies the person that makes it. So I, I didn't want to be that person. And so when you told me what was going on out there and how big the things were, and, and I just felt that I need to be there. Like, I don't want y'all leaving me behind. And so I called a couple of my leaders and said, I'm getting on the plane. I'm going to London. Whoever wants to come with me, come on. But I'm getting ready to book my flight. Here's the price. Tell me if you're coming. And some of them said, we're coming. Yeah. And we, and we ended up the next day in Europe. That's right. That's right. Yeah, man. Good times. Good times. And you know what? You travel the world now, but I want to uh, segue into a different topic. Yeah. The thing that really impresses me about you 
that because I look up to and I learn. I learn from so many people. And even when you don't think I'm looking and even seeing you on Facebook and how you communicate with your children, how you and Pasha communicate as a couple, but, but family, I know how important it is to you. So through all the business training and things we could talk about, tell me about your philosophy of family and raising your children. And everybody will have their way. But I want to just know what is your philosophy and the way you speak to your children and what is your, what do you see? What are you trying to, what are you accomplishing? Yeah. Well, you know, I, Pasha and I both heard an expression um, not long, well, a few years ago. We said, and that expression reigns true for us. And, and we always consider that, J.D. And what I mean is the expression was children are people that are practicing to be adults. They're just not good at it. And when I heard that, we, we realized that anything that they're going to experience, we know that they're just trying. They're practicing to be adults. Right. So our number one uh, priority for them and our number one uh, value for them is to just be good people and do their best at whatever they do. Whatever it is you're going to do, be the best at it. Don't half ass do anything. And so we've instilled that in them. And I think the other thing that's always been a blessing for us, and it's just fortunate that we were able to have the kind of success we've had over the years, is that they've never had to look past the front door to see million-dollar earners or to see role models and, and success stories. And that has been humbling for us, but it's subconsciously instilled in them. But we also want them to know that we are a unit. We're a family unit, and that is the most important aspect. I, I, I always say the priority levels are put God first, family second, business third. And if you put it in those priority, in, in that order, things always seem to work out right. You put God first, family second, business third, because, and, and you can use family as a reason to be successful in business. So I use my family, J.D., as motivation to keep going. Like, why is it that I work my ass off every single day? I don't know if I could say that on your show, but why, why is it that we, we do that? It's because we want to leave something behind where they are forever impacted based on what mom and dad have done. And, and I want them to know that. I want them to know that we are working to make their lives better. And there's always another level. It doesn't matter how successful anyone becomes, there's always another level. And we always want to strive to get to the highest level that we can, not from an arrogant standpoint, but because we want to provide a lifestyle for them and an example for them that sky's the limit. Because so many times in school, that's not what's being taught. In, in corporate America, that's not what's being taught. In church, that's not what's being taught. Uh, in other people's houses, because they're, you know, they visit their friends. That's not what's being taught. So we've got to insulate their thinking that there is no limitation on what they can do. And it doesn't matter what's going on around you. What's going on inside of you is more important than anything. And the only way for them to learn that this is what we believe is to be the example for them. So Passion and I are very, very conscious of how we act, what we say, what we do because kids are looking more so than they're listening. Mm -hmm. And so we want to be that example for them at all times. And we think we're doing a pretty good job, but we can always work harder to do better. And our family means the world to us. And so 
that's what wakes me up every day and gets me excited for my two feet to hit the floor is when I think about those four little ones who are now 15, 13, 10, and eight. Oh, God. So, yeah, man. So, you know, we've got a 24-7 party in our house, 24-7 <laughs> a reality type of show in our house. But I'm proud of who, they're, who they are and I'm proud of who they're becoming. And I'm most, I'm most proud of what I know that they're going to become. And they're good people. And that's what's important. Yeah, yeah. So I love that. Children are people that are practicing to be adults, but they're just not good at it yet. Wow. Wow, yep. that is deep. That's, that's, deep. that's how we felt when we first heard. We were like, "That is it. That's so it." They make mistakes and do stupid stuff. Yeah, we understand that. Like they're kids; they're practicing. They just they, they're just not good at it yet. Wow, wow, wow. That's we know some, we know some adults that make some stupid mistakes, right? Oh, hey, hey. <laughs> Children are not relevant. I'm not gonna put an age limit on it. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, you know. Um, I was, why is it, why do you think it is where in the human experience that we're the species that lives, that makes a conscious decision to stop growing and reach into the heavens? Because a tree can't say, I've had enough. I'm done. You know, a tree is going to grow as deep and wide as the roots can take it and as tall as it can possibly go. That's just what it does. Why do you think that we put limitations on ourselves? You know, I think it, that goes in line with um, the environment that people are in. I, I believe that because God gives us the ability to think our think ourselves and, and, and have our own thoughts and our own decisions that we make, the unfortunate thing that I see, which is so important to have a mentor, is people that surround themselves in an environment of mediocrity. That is dangerous because... If everybody else is struggling around you, then you feel normal struggling. Yeah. You feel normal living check to check. Yeah. And that's why when you think about 97% of the population uh, works for the other 3%, you know. Right. No, wait, hold on, hold on. We got to take a quick commercial break. Okay. Uh, we're going to commercially we're gonna finish that thought for everybody okay. else. So let's take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with Mr. Katao. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Please join Dr. Sarah, a.k.a. Dr. Red, on an amazing journey of love, soul, abundance, compassion, and authenticity. Dr. Red is a well-renowned healer, hypnotherapist, author, and speaker who has overcome personal challenges to emerge stronger than ever before to reach out to you and heal you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually for the most informative and enriching experience filled with unbridled laughter and insights on life, health, culture, and society. Tune in to Dr. Red's. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you really want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. 
Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You're tuned in to The James Stentley Show. We'd love to hear from you via email with questions and comments. Drop us a line to JD at the James Dentley Show.com. Again, that's JD at the James Dentley Show.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, and don't forget November 15th, 16th, and 17th in Oak Brook, Illinois, right there at the old McDonald University campus at the Hyatt House. Uh, we're going to have an incredible Inspired to Speak three-day workshop, speakers, authors, presenters in corporate America, multi-level marketers that want to do great presentations, leadership training. Three days. It's going to be a lot of fun. We've got breakfast there. We've got uh, lunches there. And we're just going to have a great time. But I'm going to turn it right back to Steve. Steve, just take it, take it, take it. Yeah, I was talking. You were asking about just why is it that people limit themselves and limit mm-hmm. their success. And we were talking about the fact that there's something called the law of the lid, which means the way that someone thinks is usually what is going to form and shape their level of success. Uh, you know, if you have limited thinking, then you're going to have limited success unless some lottery or something like that happens. And then that usually ends up worse anyway. But I believe that it's so important that you think bigger because one thing I've learned, J.D., and I teach it today is that it doesn't take any more effort to think big than it does to think small and right. to think average or to think mediocre. You know, why why not grow? Why not dream of having unlimited amounts of success. I, I, I remember when there was a statement we made, JD, and, and this is particular for our industry of network marketing, but remember how we always talked about how the computer promotes you. And that was so big for me because what does that mean to everybody listening? The computer promotes us. It meant, wait, there are no isms, no racism, sexism, favoritism, nepotism, because the computer doesn't have bias which means the only variable in the success equation is you. And that is what inspired me because I felt like, all right, nothing can stop me other than what goes on in between these two ears, right? Yeah. And, and so I think it's so important that you surround yourself with people that are thinking big and, and seeing things that are bigger than you because if it's something, if somebody else has accomplished it, then it's realistic. And it can be done. Why not you? And I think that so many people, you know, we, we talk, J.D., we used to always talk about crabs in the barrel mentality. And that's because if you show up the same, to the same environment, everybody around you is making the same month or hourly wage or, you know, annual salary that is barely making ends meet. And you just kind of feel comfortable in that environment. What's going to change? Yeah. You know, nothing's going to change. We always said the definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over and expect a different result. But when people get up and go to work and, and come home and eat and go to bed, get up, go to work, come home, eat, go to bed, get up, go to And they do that five days out of the week. 
how is the life going to change? You've got to shake that up and you've got to be willing to break the pattern and say, you know what? Even if I have to get up, go to work, come home, instead of eat, go to sleep, how about eat, study, learn, you know, dive into something yeah. and then go to sleep and do that. To just break it, shake it up and break it. And then start to gravitate to something that inspires you and find what your purpose is. Because we've always said God has given us all the purpose on life. It's, it's our job and duty to find out what that is. And once you find out what it is, don't let anybody stop you from going after what you want to get. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the only person that can stop you is you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, so what are you up to now, man? What are you doing now? What's your goals, dreams? What do you work? What, what do you, what, what do you work on? I know you're doing your MLM, but what else, what are you doing? What's, what's going on? What's the future look like? Yeah. You know, our, our MLM business is a, is a big component, a proponent of what we're, component of what we're doing. We, we, uh, we're with a company called Revital U, very excited about it. Um, you know, it's unique in the industry and some of the things that we're doing philosophically are, are radically different. And we, we love that, but it's also a challenge for us because we're building this thing from the beginning, you know, in terms of we didn't roll a big team over We're we're passion. I are, are handpicking people and growing this thing. And it's, it's great to see something grow. And that inspires us to get up every day to say, let's grow something special, something that we believe can last on the back end. And then of course, you know, with, with coaching and doing business coaching and things like that as well. And Pasha uh, is in the process of writing a book, and, and I'm eventually, I need to do that as well. And, uh, but then just a lot of different things that we've got our hands on right now, investing in different things that we love and, and believe in and, and then following mentorship like you as well, man. You know, I love the fact that now I was always the student, but now, you know, we, you and I can be peers and, yeah, and yeah, talk yeah, from the level yeah. of brothers. And, and I watch the things that you're doing and all the different, the radio show, all the things that you've got your hands on. And it all was because you got the, the financial thing out of the way. Once you get the cash flow coming in and you're able to then say, all right, what are all the things I want to serve and give value to? That, that's where we are in our life. We, we, you know, our goal is find out what, what, what God wants us to do. And if it's serving others, then that's what we're interested in. Yeah, man. Yeah, you know, it's, and it's not always easy, but it's always worth it. And I look at it and say, you know, for being homeless and all the different things I've, I've just been through and experienced in my life, it's almost as if God says, look, let's go ahead and give him what he after because this fool's not going to stop. He's going to stop. You know, we know he ain't got too much more in the tank. So go, let's go and give it to him right now. He deserves it. <laughs> and a lot of people don't know, J.D., you know, I'm going to positively put your stuff out there. And I hope this don't have everybody calling you for a loan. But I mean, you know, every 30 days, you're not seeing months less than six figures coming in every 30 days. That, that, that's, that's just a blessing, man, when you can dedicate yourself to something and succeed on, on a level that most people don't succeed on on an annual basis or a multi-annual basis. And every 30 days, you know, you, somebody can look at J.D. and say, man, you've had a nice couple of years worth of income in, in every 30 days. And that's a blessing, you know, and that's what people need to understand, like you said, it's not an overnight thing, but yeah. it's a dedicated, don't stop, mm -hmm. don't stop believing, and it will open up. And that's, yeah. I'm so proud of what you're doing now, man. Well, thank you, brother. Thank you so much, man. You know, it's always like, um, uh, you know, a good friend of ours named Gene used to always say, when you can make more money in, I don't know, in a week than you made in some years working a job, 
a person looks and says, well, that's a lot of money. And I look at it and say, well, what one person it takes 52 weeks to accomplish, if I can accomplish in one, that gives me 51 weeks back. Right. Great to serve, to live, to love, and to thrive and just take the pressure off. Because life kind of happens, man. It just kind of, I mean, life happens. No, I, got, I, I, I pinched my sciatica nerve, and I uh, did the x-ray, and my uh, pelvic is closed up on the nerve. And, man, I go to therapy, like, every week, and um, they got to give me a shot in my spine. They got to give me epidural like I'm nine months pregnant. <laughs> yeah. I hope they get the baby out after they give me a shot. Pull something out, please. And, uh, you know, but life, through all the other things, man, life just happens. And I look at it and say, man, if I didn't have uh, really great insurance, and when I was diagnosed with cancer, I don't know what my, my daughter would say, well, what happens if you can't afford it? And I said, well, poor people die. You know, and I wouldn't have thought about that ahead of time because I wasn't expecting it. But I'm thankful because now I kind of understand, not just for me, but family members as well. So I'm going to turn it over to you, man, to just spit some leadership, goals, whatever's in your heart. Just, just let's teach all of us, man, because we're more than peers. Man. I look up to you and I learn from you uh, because I remember I was up here before you shot up there. <laughs> and, and now, you know, I'm just kind of loving it. I keep it in the game. So I love it because we learn from each other. Yeah. And we have influences uh, uh, that are ours or ours alone, and you know, because we live in different states and have different worlds now. So talk about leadership, talk about success, whatever that means to you, whatever's in your heart, just talk and teach and share. Yeah. I, well, let me say, I think leadership is, is one of the most important components to success in anything that you do. And the reason that that's the case, J.D., is because if you're not the leader, then, you know, the view is never going to change and it's not always the best view. And I, I believe that there are a couple of things that need to be in place in order to become the best version of yourself and to become a leader. Even if you don't know whether or not you have the ability to be a leader, I think that the first thing you got to do is open your mind up to possibility. Understand that if there are success stories anywhere out in the universe, which there are countless numbers of success stories out here, open yourself up that you can be a part of it. And then the other thing is start to look internally and ask yourself questions like, what is it that I wanna do? And a lot of times it could be what you don't wanna do. Like maybe I just don't wanna have to get up, work a job, know exactly what my every two week check is gonna look like, come home miserable, don't like my boss, and barely making ends meet. That could be motivating enough to say, I've got to find something. And that means to go internally and say, all right, well, let me find out what makes me tick. What's an interest of mine? And find out, once you, once you identify that, find out the people that are monetizing that interest and, and identify those individuals and then become a student in that. And I personally, JD, believe that network marketing is one of the most incredible mm -hmm. industries for any average everyday person, which is exactly what we were, any average everyday person to get involved and for a very low nominal cost, put themselves in a position where no risk up front, maybe a couple hundred bucks to get involved and then have no limitations on what you can earn because we've been really blessed and humbled where we've earned millions of dollars in personal income all from at the, the very first company was a $500 a 
startup. You know, yeah. like right now, the company I'm with, 99 bucks to start and no limits on what you can earn. But you've got to recognize that any journey to success is not going to be easy. I think perspective is everything because if you get into something expecting to have an overnight level of success, expecting something to fall into your lap, expectations can be deadly because when it doesn't happen the way that you were expecting, then it, it, you look at it differently from what reality is. And so I believe to have a paradigm shift and say, you know what, if I'm going to do something, I'm willing to put in the work in order to get it done. And I'll give you an analogy, JD. I've trained this for years. And that is, why is it that individuals can, can graduate high school and go into a higher learning, a higher education learning system with the right perspective, but start business with a warped perspective? And here's what I mean. Someone graduating high school at 18 years old, they go in knowing it's going to be a four-year deal to even graduate, right? They got to go through their freshman year got to go through their sophomore year, they've got to go through their junior year, and then they've got to go through their senior year. And that is in hopes to pass all the courses, enough to have the credits to graduate and be handed a diploma to then go out and, and try to earn a living. And when you go into that, you know, all right, I'm going to have some exams. I've got expenses for books. I'm going to have to eat while I'm on campus. I'm going to have I'm going to have some late nights. I'm going to have some flunk some flunking test experience. I'm going to have all those things. So nobody goes into that thinking, "Oh, I'm going to ace every test. I don't have to study. I'm going to come out and I'm going to graduate and I'm going to become a millionaire." People don't go into it looking like that, but why is it when they start a business, they immediately feel like, "Oh, in 30 days if it's not working, they consider quitting." And I'm thinking 30 days, you are in your first semester of your freshman year business. Like, how are you expecting a business diploma and you haven't even gotten through the half of the, the, the first semester? And so it's an unrealistic uh, viewpoint to go into business life mm -hmm. and expect that cap and gown and that degree and you haven't even started anything. Like, I, I wouldn't even look up and start analyzing your results until after four years. And I use that just because that's my mindset. Like if wow. I'm at, like, even with the company I'm with right now, we're in our freshman year of, of this particular company. Cause I look at everything in blocks of what I have to go through to graduate and get to wow. where I want to get to. Right. So I'm not analyzing uh, where the results are. I'm analyzing what my efforts are. What am I putting in? What am I building? What am I growing? And I'll look up and, and, and see where things are. And I know every single day if we're making progress, then we're going towards where we need to go. And mm -hmm. so I just, for all the listeners, don't start anything with a mentality other than how you would look at it if you were graduating high school, going into college. Wow. And, and use that parallel with business. And stop thinking that if you've been in business for a year, it didn't work, so you're ready to quit. You didn't even start your sophomore year yet in business. I'm going right, to hold you right there because we got 30 seconds and we're going to close out the show. But we're going to keep talking, but we got some other folks listening. I just want you to finish out that thought. That's, in, that's absolutely incredible. Look, guys, I hope you guys go to www.thejamesintleyshow.com. Get the replay of this and play it over and over 
that has sinking to your subconscious. Guys, I want to thank you, Steve, for being on the show. We're going to close out the show, but we're going to give it about 30 seconds. We're going to finish that thought. Fair enough? Yep. All right. That is our show. We look forward to seeing you next week. Now, next week, I have a very special guest, Ms. Sean Murphy. She's putting out a movie called Chicago 1919. Do your research. Chicago 1919 was something very real. She's, she's putting a movie. She's got an A-list celebrities that surrounded this thing. She's asked me to help her support her as well, which I'm doing to introduce her to people. It's going to be epic, and it's going to impact the world and really shake up your consciousness. Steve, I want to thank you, and until next Friday, guys, don't forget, we don't think outside the box because in our world, mm -mm, there is no box. Thank you for listening to The James Dentley Show. Be sure to join James for another inspiring show next Friday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll see you here next week.